stick your cock up her ass, you motherfucking worthless cocksucker. Did you fuck my mom? Did you fuck my mom? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. soon i gotta get drunk before the day begins before my mother starts bitching about my friends about to go and damn near went blind young niggas at the pad throwing up gang signs ran in the house and grabbed my clip with the mac 10 on the side of my hip bailed outside and pointed my weapon just as i thought the fools kept stepping jumped in the foe hit the juice on my ride i got front and back and side to side then i let the alpine play play bumping new shit buying wa it was gangster gangster at the top of the list then i played my old shit it went something like this cruising down the street in my sixth floor jocking the bitches slapping the hoes went to the park to get the scoop knuckleheads out there cold shooting some hoops a car pulls up who can it be a fresh El Camino rolling Kilo G. He rolled down his window and he started to say, It's all about making that GTA. Cause the boys in the hood are always hard. They come talking that trash, we'll pull your car. Knowing nothing in life but to be legit. Don't quote me, boy, cause I ain't said shit. Trying to steal an alpine Take him up the street to call a truce The silly motherfucker pulls out a deuce deuce Little did he know I had a loaded 12 gauge One sucker dead LA Times front page Cause the boys in the hood are always hard You come talking that trash, we'll pull your car Knowing nothing in life but to be legit Don't quote me boy cause I ain't said shit And we're back to another Unholy Mofos, as Jake so elegantly put it, episode 191, because for some reason that's important. I'm your host, Scott. It just lets you know how closer we're getting to the big one, man. (laughs) Gotta love them big episodes. Brother Scott here, joined as always by Jake the Snake. Why do, you, why do you think we're always probing? What do you think we're doing? Harvesting farts? <laughs> How much do you think we can learn from an ass? 
<clears throat> yeah, uh, we're doing uh, some alien movies today, people. A couple uh, alien movies with Seth Rogen. Yeah, and well, not like the alien episode we did earlier. This not the scary kind. The ones that will make you laugh your ass off. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm going to be running down Paul. And I will be doing The Watch with Ben Steeler, Vince Vaughn, and Jonah Hill. And that guy from, uh, oh, what the fuck is it called? Uh, I, I just know it's a British show. IT crowd, I want to say. I have no idea. Yeah, that's the only thing I know that guy is from, honestly, so, yeah. Well, what do you say we start off with some girls? I say let's go. Some uh, pretty kind of disappointing matchups, I think. You know, we really didn't get, you know, too many votes. I guess really I didn't check Twitter. But um, a majority of them, I believe... I feel like a dumbass now. I was... uh, So before the show, me and Mike are sitting here, and we're just basically shooting the shit about uh, this movie that we're working on, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here and I'm trying to get everything done. <laughs> so, um, to start out, we had Heather Graham against Megan Fox. Uh-huh. And Heather Graham won four to one. Wow. Yeah. That's uh that's quite shocking. I mean, Megan Fox was alright in Transformers. And then something happened, and then she didn't look the same, and then in Ninja Turtles, she was just like, uh, not the same. Yeah, I guess that was a major factor. Well, the next one would be Amy Jo Johnson against Jessica Chastain. And Amy won 3-1, to one, or 3-2. to two. Oh, wow. That's that's surprising there, too. I, I, I only voted just because of my bias. But I honestly didn't expect her to win like that. Well, the next one is, uh, uh, I guess you could kind of see it coming. Uh, Mila Kunis against Heather Langenkamp, 5 to nothing. Eh, yeah, not much of a shocker right there. <laughs> and then finally we had uh, Mary Steenburgen against Rosario Dawson, and it was a 4-1 to one win for Rosario. wonder who the one for Mary was. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, somebody trying to be different, I guess. <laughs> well, that leaves us into the final matchups of round one. We have to start out Nev Campbell against Allison Brie. Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, Allison Brie's pretty hot too, but you know, Nev Isn't Campbell. Isn't she married to like uh, James Franco's brother or something? Uh, she's either. Married or dating him, I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I just know that they're together. And, yeah, I'll be talking about them a little later in my what I've been watching. <sighs> Again, Nev Campbell, like I got such a history with you know. <laughs> I mean, as far as crush wise, <laughs> I don't mean to make it sound like we actually have dated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we totally have like a history and all. So uh, <laughs> I'm kind of biased here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm well, uh, well. Again, 
Alison Brie is also one of the Scream movies, so but uh, Nev is in the majority of the Scream movies, like, well, all of them, including the upcoming one. Uh, yeah, well, fuck it. Go, Nev. Screw it. I'll do uh, Undecided. I'll do a, a one-to-one matchup. I think, you know, for me, I mean, Allison, she's a lot more provocative when she's on screen. Like, she, like, is, like, one of those girls that I think is just, like, really into it when you get down and dirty. Just cause, based off what you see on screen. But then again, I don't know, you know. Who knows? But I, I just... I. I want to be different this week. I don't want to do fucking two nothing matchups all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Go with your heart, Scott. Or your penis. Whichever. Next one is Laura Dern against Linda Hamilton. Mm. And should we do Linda Hamilton like Terminator 2-ish? Yeah, year? I was thinking more of uh, Terminator 1 and 2, yeah. Uh, and yeah, she was pretty good looking in Dante's Peak as well, which was, I think, I want to say six years later after T2. Laura Dern, she wasn't too bad in Jurassic Park. But, uh, yeah, I've seen her in some other movies, like she was in the second to last Star Wars movie that was made. And, uh, you know, she looks all right, but she doesn't quite stand out to me much anymore. So I'm going Linda Hamilton here. All right. Well, I guess I'll, I'll give you that one. When uh, well, I one two two come out nineteen eighty something. Terminator two. Nineteen ninety one. I don't know. Yeah, ninety one. Yeah. That was just a fucking shot in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so Linda Hamilton ninety one. So all right. Well, uh, the next one would be uh, Shannon Elizabeth against Liv Tyler. Uh, <clears throat> and you know how many dinosaurs were killed during that scene in American Pie? Shannon Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I'm gonna agree with you there. I mean, she's just. I mean, you look at her today, and she is just still smoking. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen like recent pictures of her. Oh yeah, she's still. Looking. Uh, she was in fucking the new uh, Jay and Silent Bob movie. Oh, I still haven't seen it yet. I'm embarrassed to admit. I still haven't seen it either, but well, know. I mean, it's only on Amazon Prime, so we can watch it whatever the fuck we want. But yeah. all right, final matchup of the first round: Jada Pinkett Smith against Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, again, little bias here. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Plus, you know, the recent news about how Jada Pinkett cheated on Will. I'm like, man, that's cold, Jada. That's cold. But, uh, again, she's going up against Jennifer Love Hewitt, so that's no contest there for me. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I mean, I know what she did last summer and fucking, uh, you know, yeah. just, there's no, no change in it. And I used to have a poster of her in my old room, too. <laughs> All right, well, well that is going to wrap it up for us for voting for the first round. Should we uh, hear about voting for the first round of the or the the second round first poll? Okie dokie. So starting off way back in the beginning, we have our first round by Carrie Ann Moss against Shawnee Smith. Then Chloe Grace against Daniel Harris. Mm-hmm. Courtney Cox against Marissa Tomei. And then, uh, let's see. Uh, 
Uh, one, two, three. And then, uh, let's see, last last one would be uh, Jamie Lee Curtis against Natalie Portman. Okay. Those are, those are the matchups. Sounds like it's gonna, a pretty it's, good matchup right there. Going to start getting tough. <laughs> We're down to, I believe, just 30 girls now. <laughs> man, all I'm thinking is, man, what if it ends up being, I mean, a tough decision for me, what if it ends up being... Uh, Catherine Isabel and Alexandra Daddario. I'm like, what the fuck do I choose? <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know where you would go, anyways. You know, I think I think it's funny. I had I had this thought, right? You know, it's like, you know, I was working on a movie, right? And uh, all of a sudden, Alexandra Daddario comes up, and I'm just like, hey, what's good? And then I'm I'm just like. Can I take a picture with you real quick? I want to like screw with somebody, and then I send the picture to you. <laughs> but, I don't know. It was just it was a funny thought I had one day, and it just it made me start laughing. <laughs> I was just like, suck on this, Jake. Yeah, <laughs> the funny shit to go through my head. Uh, I should have. Uh, I'll save it for when we do my movie. So yeah, that's uh. That is the first round of the girls. Now we move on to the dreaded, tough second round. Yeah, there's and a fucking hammer. What? Yeah, there's a fucking hammer. <laughs> I'm just feeling like Bill Murray and Scrooge. Will you please, for the love of God, stop with the goddamn hammering? <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to Sean about Scrooge. They'll go on for about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, All right, well, uh, apparently you don't have uh, a segment ready to go, so you texted me like 20 yes. minutes ago fucking saying, alright, we need something. Well, well, oh, hey, 40 minutes to, ago. to be fair, the last time you texted me like a half hour. <laughs> yeah, but at least I fucking asked. And responded. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> so uh, we're going to do a conspiracy theory this week. Oh my god, dude, I'm freaking out. I am so stressed out. I feel like I'm having a panic attack. You want to talk about stress? You want to talk about stress? Okay? I've stumbled onto a major company conspiracy pack. How about that for stress? What the hell are you talking about? And it revolves around aliens. Because why not? I figured it would go with the theme. So you know what I chose? I chose something I saw once on the Travel Channel. I don't remember what show it was, but it seemed really interesting at the time. It's something called the Nazca Lines. And I found a little uh, little, little thing on the, the internet that I'm going to read off. So, the Nazca Lines in Peru are immense. Shallow drawings sketched out on the desert floor. Serving no particular purpose, but infusing the viewer with wonder at their skill in laying out such huge images without any place high enough to see the whole picture at any one time, except for, like, if you're in a plane. Mm -hmm. This has led to speculation that the ancient people responsible for the drawings may have had some primitive form of flight, such as gliders or balloons, uh, from which they could, you know, see the pictures. However, UFOlogists, is what I'm going to go with, <laughs> have seized upon the immense drawings as proof of alien activity, saying that, of course, it must have been aliens, as people back then, you know, they couldn't fly. The alien believers, uh, or the aliens, the believers say, left the images as a promise to return as directions to their own future generations 
or as a message that we humans cannot yet understand, but one day it will all become clear. So, Jake, I told you to look them up online. <laughs> what do you think? Those are things that are fucking huge. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I want to say, like, or do humans really have uh, all the energy to do that? Well, then again, we're talking about ancient people. <laughs> ancient people are a lot more motivated than uh, fucking modern people. <laughs> That's for goddamn sure. So one thing that really caught my eye about this, I remember watching an episode of whatever show it was with Josh Gates, and I believe he tried to, like, recreate it, mm-hmm. like, in some way, and, like, he just – he wasn't able to do it, like, good at all. Yeah. So it really – it was really interesting because, like, it's it's not like – a lot of these pictures are really symmetrical. Like, you can see one that's like an ant, and my god, it looks like freaking, like, you know, it's, it's perfect. Right. And it's just yeah. – it's really weird. Yeah, it's just, like, goes back to freaking crop circles, too. I mean, they're kind of similar a bit to them. It's just, like, it's just – so fucking detailed and it's just like if you're going to you know make the argument for Nazca lines you gotta make the same one for crop circles I would think I mean there's just gotta be something extraterrestrial about them they I just, mean you know I'm, through the episode he's like I, I just I don't see how anybody has the vast knowledge or the ability to create something like this by sitting here on the ground and physically drawing this. Yeah. Like, it just, it's one of those things that kind of creeped me out there at the time, because it's like, you know, if he's saying that, like, yeah, I mean, it's got to be true. Like, you know, he even tried to freaking recreate some of it, and he didn't get it anywhere, anywhere near close. So it's just like, you know, one of those things, like, how was it done, you know? Yeah, but, you know, you got also factor in that's just one guy trying to do it, too, right? I mean, well, nobody yeah. else... There are probably people that be a lot more talented, but... Uh, again, I mean, then you know. again, plus these things are huge. Yeah. Like, I mean, the ability to create something that big is just outstanding. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a... It's a, it's a toughie. I, just I mean, like, there's definitely a few of these that look kind of, you know, primitive to say the least, but I mean, like, right. you know, the, the ant or spider or whatever, and then you got, like, the monkey with that freaking, that crazy tail of his, like, that's, you know, and then you got, like, this one that's like a bird with a really long beaked nose, and, you know, it's like, everything is, like, perfectly symmetrical, and it's it's just, it, yeah, it's I, hard I, to explain. I, I, don't, I just don't see how you could do that without, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, y'all, I'm just always thinking of, like, some famous comic strips uh, I used to read back in the day, like Calvin Hobbes and Foxtrot, and, you know, they they would have somewhere, like, the kids would be trying to do something, like, make patterns in the snow or in crops, you know, but, again, those are fucking cartoons, so you can't really use those for reality. (laughs) Yeah, that dog agrees. Yep. Yeah, it's. And I'd I'd love to hear the argument against you know aliens, how because it just seems like we're so stumped, like trying to figure out how just humans could do this. 
So I'm I'm looking at the actual outline of them, and there's a whale, a compass, trapezoids, an astronaut, a dog, a monkey, a hummingbird, a spider, a condor, uh, a heron bird. God damn it, dog! Shut the fuck up. Uh, there's a parrot, uh, hands, and then there's a tree. And that's that's pretty much it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just one of those things that you know. When you start thinking about it, it's just like you don't know what it is. So it's like it just it raises a lot of questions. Right. Yeah. So, well, if, if if this was humans, then hey, god, they were some fucking talented humans. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> Call them up. Well, they probably dead right now. So. Well, yeah, but you know, go back in time and freaking you know, to to be able to go back in time and just you know, get these answers would just I think be really cool. Maybe if time travel was possible, which you know, considering nobody's trying to gone back and prevent anything we're going through right now, makes the question if time travel's real or not. Well, ultimately, I think maybe. Time travelers are not permitted to go back in time, only forward in time, so that they don't accidentally change something in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Butterfly effect, man. So, you know, that that's that's one thing that I saw on a, in a random video. Like, what if, you know, time travelers were only permitted to go forward in time, never backwards? Well, I guess that's a... Should be a subject of another show sometime. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, Jake, what what do you think? Uh, you possible aliens? I would uh, I would say so. Yes. I I think something otherworldly had to have done it because there's no way humans could do it that well. Yes, it's it's mind boggling. That's for sure. If you have any thoughts on this, you can email us at unholymofos at gmail.com. <laughs> I'll throw it out there. All right, Jake. What's next? From the entire Channel 4 News team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. I'll start off sad again because one person we've lost this time around is... Wilford Brimley, a guy who's a lot more famous for his uh, Quaker Oats commercials than, you know, Diabetes. his commercials <laughs> at the Diabetes. <laughs> Last night, I struck my wife, uh, and then I found out she's been dead for 15 years. Who the hell did I hit? Last night? <laughs> 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 but, of course, horror movie fans would know him a lot more better as Blair from The Thing. And his little freak out in the middle of the movie. That thing's gonna kill us all! And of course, a lot more other movies like Cocoon, which I've never seen. And of course, was uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's uncle in Hard Target. Uh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, either way, rest in peace, Wilford. Uh, yeah, it's just every celebrity is dying. Yeah, I mean, we were like, what, 85? Which I find surprising. I could have sworn he was a lot older. I mean, looks a little older in the thing. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the diabetes ages you. Maybe. Anyways, yeah, let's get to the happier stuff. Uh, 
Well, John Wick 5 is happening, and apparently it's going to shoot back-to-back with Chapter 4. It just it makes me think that there's going to be like some sort of a cliffhanger, kind of like Infinity War. Yeah, like that could be. Something like that. And it's like, you know, then we're going to have to wait like a whole fucking year to get the answers <laughs> that we're looking for. <laughs> and right. I just, I, it seems like a lot of movies are probably going to start trying to do that sort of thing with sequels. And it's just like, no, damn it. You can't fucking make us wait. You know how <laughs> long a year is when you have to sit there and fucking talk about these questions? And let me just say, I'm just so glad that in- Infinity War came out two years and Endgame came out last year, and oh my god, can you imagine, like, if Infinity War came out last year, and then Endgame was going to come out this year, and no, it's been delayed, you have to wait longer. I, I'd i go fucking insane. <laughs> I, um, I just, I don't think a lot of people would be able to take it. I guess there's good news, you know, Marvel Studios has res- resumed production on their stuff, so hopefully we don't yeah. have to wait too much longer. And, well, I hope this isn't going to happen, but it's somewhat related, yeah, since, you know, Marvel is Disney, and, well, <laughs> live-action Mulan remakes can release at Disney+, Plus, but, oh, you have to pay $30 to watch it. Like, that's Nope. Dick. I had no interest in watching it to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I if it came out, I would probably wait for it for streaming services anyway, or <laughs> pirating, whatever. <laughs> But, uh, uh, again, if I watch it, it's going to be pirating. Yeah. Hey, hey, I could probably say that. <laughs> doesn't anybody really listen? Doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> 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 well, speaking of uh, screen movies earlier, the whole crew is back now because Courtney Cox is coming back as Gail in Scream 5. Uh, yeah, we got, now we got David, now we got Courtney back. Yeah, um... Is Nev coming back? Oh, no. Right. Oh, I guess I should have read. I guess she's still in talk. Well, I guess I thought the whole crew was back. Yeah, I was curious. Huh? You mentioned yeah. it earlier. I was like, wait, what? She's back? What? <laughs> I think you got to check your facts there, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess should probably just assume at this point she'll probably come back, especially if uh, David and Courtney are. And again, it's like, what else is she really doing these days? I mean, <laughs> All right. I mean, granted, yeah, she was in that movie with The Rock a couple summers ago, but <laughs> okay, just one big movie. <laughs> Wait, which, which movie are we talking about? Guys, oh yeah, I didn't watch that one. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. That gave me a lot of anxiety watching because, goddamn, do I hate heights? Yeah, they're not fun. Yeah. Does he does he missing a leg in that movie? Yeah, he is. I thought so. They showed it in the trailer, and I was just like, is he missing a fucking leg? Yes, he is. And it was just to make the antics he does in that movie a lot more awesome. Like, oh, the rock could do his one leg? Sweet. Mm. <laughs> Knowing me, I can't do it with two legs. Well, yeah. Anywho, uh, this is intriguing news right here. Seth Rogen's talk about doing a... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot? Well, I mean, hey. Uh, I don't think we need more turtles. I mean, stick to the animated stuff. 
or put them back in bodysuits. It's the only way to do a live-action Turtles movie. Well, this one apparently is being talked about being a CGI animated movie. Kind of like that one from, like, 07. I would imagine so, yeah. I guess that's talking about, you know, this one's going to be more focusing on the teenage aspect of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I mean, yeah, 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 you know, they always you know, focus on the ninja and turtle part. And, yeah, well, it's uh, no question that they are mutants. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, to see if all people, Seth Rogen can pull it off. Um, I mean, so I guess we can expect the uh, turtles to be spoken a lot of dope in that movie, too. <laughs> you would think so, but I don't think uh, Nickelodeon would be too happy. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good point. Yeah, I want to say Seth Rogen's done some more uh, child-friendly stuff. I'm trying to think. Well, yeah, he did voice the Mantis guy in the Kung Fu Panda movies and... Oh, I almost want to say you did something else. No, definitely not Sausage Party. <laughs> I mean, that, that was animated, but <laughs> not uh, kid-friendly. Didn't that come off as, like, originally, wasn't it supposed to, like, be a kid's movie, like, in the first trailer? I... Like, that's how he wanted it to look like, and then they released, like, the Red Band trailer, like, a few days later? I don't remember, man. Um, I think that's what they did, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, the last few things I got here, well, not really like too big, mind-blowing stuff, but, you know, when I searched for news stories, I stumbled upon these, and I'm like, well, these are fucking weird. These are, like, uh, major roles that almost got some different actors in them. Some of these just make it go, uh? Uh? Yeah, like, Wedding Crashers, Will Ferrell's role was supposed to go to Nicolas Cage first. Uh, okay. Yeah, that that would be that would be interesting to see. You know, see Nicholas Cage being like, "Ma, Martha Meatloaf, fuck." <laughs> yeah, I guess that seemed more suited for Will. And then, uh, yeah, when they were talking about doing the NBC show Hannibal before Mad Mickelson. Yeah, I saw <laughs> like John Cusack and uh, Hugh Grant. Yeah. I mean, maybe Hugh Grant because he is British, but Cusack? What? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these uh, these companies always pick, like, some of the weirdest fucking people first. I, but I, I, ultimately, they get the casting right sometimes. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sorry. Even, even looking past the obvious stuff about the British accent, I just cannot see Cusack pulling off, like... Hannibal Lecter. No. Just, no. Yeah, he he doesn't quite have the intensity work. that Hopkins and Mickelson have. Huh? I mean, you never he had never had a chance, so you, you never know. I, I, could. Guess, I guess, but... Uh, I mean, I'm really glad they went with Mickelson in the first place. And, and finally, I should say, yeah. And, I don't know, I still never watched it, so... And, yeah, this last one here is just major, major what-the-fuck-ness. Okay, this person wanted to play it. Yeah, not so much the studios, but just hearing this. Uh, okay, I'll get right to the point. Michael Jackson wanted to play Professor X 
in the original X-Men movie. Michael fucking Jackson. (laughs) Nope. Logan, what have you done? (laughs) Absolutely not. That would be terrible. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Magneto, you gotta stop killing all these people. Come on! Yeah, uh, I—that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> I mean, what what more can you say about that? I think I need to take a walk. <laughs> good lord, what are you watching? Well, I finished up Master Chef, so that was good. Okay. Fucking only only took me fucking forever to finish fucking three seasons. After that, I that went back to the X, not the X Files, uh, Twilight Zone. God, these hour-long episodes are so boring, I'll tell you. Like, they go into so much more detail that you don't need to hear about. And it's just so bad. There was a one-hour-long episode I watched recently. Uh, You've seen that one with Dennis Hopper in it, where he plays a Nazi. Uh, I think there there was one where... uh, like Hitler was involved. Like Hitler yep. was a ghost or some shit. That one? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that one. That, like, that could have been a 24 or 21 minute fucking episode. Like, without a doubt. <laughs> like, yeah, that one was dragged on quite a bit. And I, I don't know what you watched it on, but I watched it on TV with commercials. <laughs> I watched it on Hulu. Okay. Oh. So at least you didn't get, well, I guess. I didn't get screwed too. by commercials. Well, Hulu doesn't have commercials on uh, Twilight Zone. Okay. I'm a lucky one on that end. But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm struggling. It's, uh, I just, I just want to get to season five. Back to when episodes are 20 minutes long. I'm just trying to think here. I watched a couple of movies. Um... I watched Just Go With It Again. I haven't watched that movie since, like, 2011. That's a teen movie, right? Mm, no, it's Adam Sandler. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Jennifer Aniston and Aniston oh, and what the, the fucking swimsuit model girl. What's what, her name? What the fuck am I thinking of? I was like, for some reason you said a title. I was thinking about early 2000 teen movie. I, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking about, but. I don't know, I haven't watched it in forever, and it just, it popped up on the feed, and I was just like, you know what, I got nothing else to do, fuck it. So I just went through it on, I was bored. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fun time, fucking <laughs> Nick Swords, and it was playing like a German fucking sheep herder guy <laughs> throughout that movie. <laughs> He's really stupid. <laughs> and then uh, after that, I kind of got the, the Sandler fever, so I ended up watching Just Go, or, no, the do-over again. Okay. I haven't I haven't watched that one since uh, it came out. That that's still a good movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of hit and miss with most of the Sandler's uh, modern stuff, but uh, you know, the latest one I have watched was uh, I don't know what the fuck was it called? Ridiculous Six. And that one was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that was, that wasn't too bad. Um, you know, a lot of cameos in that one. That's for yeah, sure. Fucking <laughs> Vanilla Ice playing Mark Twain. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch it again. I, I haven't watched it since that movie came out either. 
Um, other than that, I mean, I really haven't been watching too much. Uh, fuck did I watch last night? I watched a movie last night. I watched Observe and Report. Oh, okay. So, um, I bought the movie from Blockbuster when it was going out of sale. Right. It's just, you know, one of those movies. All right, grab it. Seth Rogen's on it. Let's, let's watch it. I remember not really enjoying it the first time, you know. It, just, it wasn't funny. It just it, it wasn't my kind of humor. So, you know, I gave it a shot list. I, uh, the, uh, I had some pretty good laughs in there. Yeah. I, it's been a long time since I've seen it. You know, I just remember a few parts, like part where he's uh, arguing with that uh, oh, that guy from Parks and Rec, the Indian guy. And they're just like, fuck you, Ronnie. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you back and forth. And the fucking guy who's going around like uh, flashing himself. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a movie where you got to keep your head <laughs> looking at the top of the screen. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I remember I heard somebody saying this is like supposed to be like a more comedic take on a Taxi Driver with uh, Robert De Niro. That's, I haven't that's seen that's... Taxi Driver, but yeah, it's always I... interested me. And oh. I see it as a more comedic version of Paul Blart Malcott because I, <laughs> yes. what, I got a lot more laughs from Observing Report than Paul Blart, that's for goddamn sure. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I was like, you know, it's just all I could see is Paul Blart in this scene. And, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that's I should give that another watch myself sometime too. Yeah, it's on, uh, it's on Netflix. So, yeah, if you've got the time. That's it for me. Okay. A few TV shows I watch, more specifically, like the Netflix shows that I decided to just finish up. Like, well, I was telling Scott, I decided to watch just a few more episodes of uh, New Unsolved Mysteries, and, you know, I was complaining there's not enough ghosts and aliens, and, well, sure enough, next episode was about aliens. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. And I was like, well, fuck, I should have given it more of a shot then. I mean, you know, it's just like so many episodes in a row. So that's like person goes missing and ends up dead. And of course, there's one episode I watch. It's all in French with subtitles, but oh, wow, it's really fucked up. A guy who just kills his whole family and disappears. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm still like a, like a type of guy. I'll say uh, I like the original better, but yeah, the new one's not too bad. And uh, also finished the uh, Juan Origins TV show on Netflix. And uh, let's just say that, you know, I wasn't into the first half, you know, first three episodes just because I was just like, I don't think there's too much happening here. And let's just say there were some more fucked up shit going on in the second half of the show when they had me going, oh, Jesus Christ. But still, story-wise, I have no idea what the fuck was going on in this show. I mean, it's just the thing with the the whole Juwan series, even the American Grudge series, and like how they do the stories, just like uh, so many storylines going on showing how this curse is affecting people. And, you know, it's just not like anthology format, you know, where it's just, okay, here's one person, and then, and then now we'll show you what's going on with the other person. It's just like back and forth with these people. It's just... It was fine with the first few movies, but as it goes on, it just gets so fucking confusing. And it's just the way the show ended, too. I was just like, oh, that's it, huh? I mean, I guess maybe there's talks of a season two, 
Yeah, I'll hold my breath on that one. It's just, you know, it's it's funny. Like, I watch TV shows now, and it's just like, I critique every little thing because it's like, I, I need to do better with the one I'm writing. And it's just like, okay, I need to add this, I need to add this, I need to take away this. Like, it's just, it's one of, the, one of those things where it's just like, oh, damn, I need to watch a lot more TV shows. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, of course, I don't think like taking a two-week break from the show really helped things out too, because you know I just forgot who most of the characters were. I mean, there was one point in the final episode, it's like, oh yeah, that character was this one from the first episode. Oh yeah, completely forgot about her. Hey, I don't know. I would say if you're a Juwan purist, you check it out. I mean, me, I'm just like. Yeah, you know, the first Japanese one was good. The first American one was good. Everything after those is just, yeah. Especially, you know, have I mentioned how I didn't like the latest American grudge? <laughs> uh, yes. Actually, uh, no. Tell me again. <laughs> <laughs> Drop right in. <laughs> uh, other than that, just a few red of watches, like what we called My Soul to Keep. Being, ended up being different than I expected it to be. I have a kid like dealing with a monster or a spirit coming after him. It's actually fun, but well, had a bit of a gut puncher ending. Did not expect that. A uh, movie called The Voices. No, not the Ryan Reynolds movie where the dog and cat talk to him. It's a different movie. It came out recently, and well, it's pretty boring. A uh, movie called The Room, and no. Not the one with Tommy Wiseau. That is the one that came out to Shudder recently, and it's got an interesting concept. So this couple buys a house, and in that they discovered it has this room that, well, will grant them their wishes. Of course, you know, they ask for lots of money, and then, you know, there's a montage of them doing some crazy shit. Even, like, a part where they're freaking astronauts. And, of course, they're having trouble conceiving a kid, so the woman... Pretty much wishes for a baby, and they get it. And of course, as you can imagine with a lot of movies with the storyline, there is a catch. The catch is you cannot leave the house with anything you wish for in it. Otherwise, it will age and turn into dust. And so, of course, the woman goes outside with the baby, and it starts to age. And so she takes it inside, and next thing you know, the baby is now a 10-year-old child. And, well, shit gets weird. It's an interesting concept of a movie. I would recommend checking it out. Uh, I watched Bloodshot, that Vin Diesel movie that came out this year, and I think uh, was the first movie to get released to VOD once all this shit started, I want to say. Don't quote me on that. You know, one where he's a ex-soldier gets turned into a indestructible killing machine with nanobites or something like that. Yeah. It's it's a cool concept, but you know, I can see why people are down in it. It's a cool concept, but they should have done a shit ton more with it. It just seems like there was just something missing with it. Watch The Rental. It's a newer movie, and I said I'd get to Dave Franco and Alison Brie, because this is a movie that's written and directed by Dave Franco. He doesn't star in it, but uh, Allison does. And it's just this... Uh, couple and another couple they have a rental house that's uh, being rented out by the guy who uh, played Jamie Lee Curtis's son-in-law in Halloween 2018 you know the guy who was like 
I got peanut butter on my penis. And, uh, yeah, some guy is, uh, fucking with them. And I was just like, is it the guy who rented it out to us, or is it somebody else? That's a pretty decent, uh, first, first time directing a writing job from Dave. I'd be interested in what else he can come up with. A movie called Love Object. This is a fucked up one. Early 2000s movie where a guy low on his luck with just about everything. Well, he orders a sex doll online. And, well, at work, there's this temp lady he kind of falls in love with. So he starts to dress the sex doll up as her. And, well, shit gets really weird. Like, he thinks the doll is talking to him, being jealous, when he does eventually start going on dates with this woman. Yeah, shit gets fucked up. Uh, This trilogy of movies called Malevolence. So, uh, the first one came out in 2004, I want to say, and then the second one came out many years later, like 2011, and, well, 2018, they finally released the third part of it. And, well, I just got a Blu-ray collection of these movies. The first one is, like, pretty much a old-school slasher movie throwback, like, and the guy who made his movie, like, you can tell how much he loved old school slashers because it just has the feel of them, even down to the score, which is very, very Carpenter-esque. And then uh, the second movie, it's kind of different. I mean, now the first one had a low-budget feel, and now this one's got more of a bigger-budget feel. But uh, it's got Daddario in it. And uh-huh. I would just say, that's the second time I watched a movie. But uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D made me aware of Daddario. This movie, Bereavement, made me fall in love with Daddario. Especially, there's this one part of the movie, the killer traps her in a freezer, and she's got a white tank top on. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, the second one is like kind of more of a drama than a slasher. Like, you know, you got a guy who's a... Uh, taking in the kid who will become the killer in the first movie and just kind of training him while Dario is dealing with family drama, living with her uncle, played by Michael Bean, of course. And then the third movie, well, it just goes back to that low-budget slasher feel. The killer's going to what was his uh, original house as now a sorority. You know, that classic situation you see a lot in the 80s. Uh, Police are going to talk to his mom and his grandma. His grandma, of course, played by Adrian Barbeau, you know, Sean's favorite lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say it's a definitely good trilogy right there, especially if you're into some old school slashers. Last few movies, one called The Neighbor with William Fincher. That's how you pronounce his name, right? Mm, I think so. And, uh, well, he plays a guy who's living with his wife and, you know, seeing... Like, things are kind of uh, falling apart between them. And then a younger couple moves in next to him and falls in love with the lady. And only notices that the husband's being an abusive dick to her. And let's just say, really slow, a lot of nothing happens. And payoff, well, I guess you can call what happened at the end a payoff. And he ends up killing the husband. And not very exciting fashion, just kind of, like, hits him in the head with a golf club and... He dies. Yeah. And let me tell you, the movie actually made it look a lot less exciting than I just described. And the last thing well, I watched. 
Well, you're the you're the kind of guy who goes in and just watches these terrible movies. So yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> uh, uh, last one I watched this movie called Random Acts of Violence. Uh, what intrigued me about this movie is that it's written and directed by Jay Baruchel. And I'm like, huh, okay, a horror movie directed and written by him. Oh, this one's kind of cool, like a guy who writes this comic book about a slasher and then starts noticing somebody's actually recreating like a few of these kills from a few of these comic issues. Yeah, that's a cool concept. And first half was pretty cool. And then uh, came the second half, and it's just like, oh. So what I think happened here is like, well, the movie was kind of short, like about hour and ten minutes. So I'm just starting to think that, well, perhaps Jay, like, had a short script and wanted to make it movie length. So the second half, like, things just are just dragged out just to make it a lot more movie length. Uh, it's just like, yeah, damn it, Jay, I like you, and I like how you're into these Slasher movies as well, but uh, do better next time, brah. <laughs> well, how much of it is actually studio interference, and how much of it is him? I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like, I don't think it's like from a big studio. I, for, I forgot who the studio was, honestly. So it just seemed like it was more of an independent type flick. And I'd be interested, like, if I can find somewhere where he just talks about the making of that movie. You know, again, it's just a good idea. It's just the ending just could have been a hell of a lot better. Yeah, I, uh, I know what you mean. It's, it's. Uh, I mean, I've, I've come across those movies, you know, all the time where it's just like, yeah, hey, you know, it looks really good. And it's just like, um, that was, that was something. Yeah, it's a okay. shame, really, because you put all that time and effort in. Right. Hey, yeah, he just, Honestly, you should have just, like, probably spent a lot more time just thinking of a, of a better way to end the movie. But, uh, well, again, I, I, I think this is his first writing and directing stuff. Oh, yeah, maybe he will get better at it. I mean, directing really, I don't think, is all that hard. It's more along the lines of making sure everything fits. Right. Because, I mean, you know, sometimes stuff doesn't translate well from script to, you know, the screen. Like, right. I mean, you know, when something is complete CGI and it just looks terrible, but it looks so nice in your head. And it's just, you know, it's, it's a pain in the ass. I gotta stop talking like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yep, that is my list right there. All right, well, then uh, I believe we I should get started. I believe you are first chronologically. Really? What? Uh, yeah. 2009 in my movie, 2011 for years. Damn it, uh, you're right. I think 2011 and then 2012, but yeah, yeah well, close enough, I guess. All right, well, we're, uh, I'm going to put it in a song, trailer, and we'll be back. Roll up your sleeves and strap on them boots Clock it in 
I want E.T. back in his fishbowl or dead ASAP. Hey! Ah! Reese's Pieces! Yes, thank you. What if he inserts a probe into our you-know-what? Well, apparently they don't do that. Anyone want one of these? Eh? Anyone? Eh? Morning. <gasps> He's from another world. He cannot be from space. It's not possible. You saw it for yourself. He's right there. Are they looking? Are they looking right now? <laughs> How did you go invisible? Like Predator. It's a camouflage response. But you can do it anytime you want. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Have you gentlemen seen anything unusual this evening? No, not really. Oh! oh! Guys, this is too dangerous. I can make it on my own from here. We are in this together, Paul. Tell me which way the little green guy went. Why are we holding hands? So we look like a family. Just a couple of regular guys walking down the street with a small cowboy. Break it down, boys. Stoke the fire. This is the most fun I have ever had. Do you think he'll be OK? Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. Don't worry. I got it all under control. Ah! What are you doing? Just watch. It's <laughs> a miracle. Why would you do that? I'm not going to eat a dead bird, am I? <laughs> and we're back. We're talking pulp from 2011. March 18th, 2011. A 7.0 on the IMDb. Wow. And... Director Greg Matola, and from what I can see, he's the one who did Super Bad, mm. and uh, written by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and also saw starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. 
Is this the only movie that they've written together? I also want to say they did, you know, the other ones, you know, like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. But yeah, either way, uh, also starring, well, we got Seth Rogen, of course, playing the title character. And a bunch of other people like Jason Bateman and Bill Hader and David Koechner. I know you don't know who he is, but <laughs> Joel Otrulio from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. Uh, I, I know him. I, I know the face and all. I say, yeah, I, I almost want to say, like, seeing him some other stuff, too. I just, oh, yeah, and Kristen Wiig in this movie as well. Oh, what else have I seen? Oh, yeah, role models and super bad and. Yeah, that's a cast list right there. And right. Sure get to the other ones as we go along. Maybe. All right. Well, uh, to begin, it is Wyoming, 1947. We, uh, you know, are at this house, and uh, a little girl ends up letting her dog outside, and a freaking spaceship lands on the dog, and that's how <laughs> we start this fucking movie, man. Yeah, started off with a John Wick situation here. <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, John Wick's appearing next to the boys with a gun in hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently he's a time traveler now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 2009, and we meet Graham Willie and Clive Gowlings. They are two English comic book nerds and best friends who have traveled to America to attend the annual San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, remember when that happened at the Diego Comic Con? Was it that simpler times when that happened? <laughs> well, they end up going in, having some fun, and they end up meeting somebody named Adam Shadowchild. And, you know, apparently he's written a, a bunch of, you know, weird, you know, alien type books. Well,. Afterwards, the two take a road trip, you know, in their rented RV to visit, you know, all the sites of major extraterrestrial uh, importance in the southwest USA. Well, uh, one stop in Arizona, Graham and Clive visit the little alien where two hunters confront them, assuming they might be homosexual. (laughs) 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 Fucking... David Keckner and this this other kid looks familiar, isn't? Uh, yeah. Um, when I know him from, he was like in uh, Game Night, and he was also in the Battleship movie. Those are the two movies I can think of where I've seen him. I think he was in Breaking Bad, and I think he was also in like one of the Mighty Ducks movies. Um, let's see. It says Fargo. Yeah, he he played a character named Todd in Breaking Bad. Todd, yes, the fucking lovable dick. Yeah, I'm not seeing Mighty Ducks on here. I, I see Varsity Blues. No. Was he in uh, Observe and Report? Mm, let's see. Yes, he was, Charles. <laughs> it's funny, I watched Paul, and then I watched that movie right afterwards, and I was like, that dude looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> In a hurried leave, Clive accidentally reverses the RV into the hunter's truck, leaving a huge fucking dent in the driver's side door. Yeah, <laughs> oh, hit and run. Uh, yeah, that's uh, did, not did good. Did you hit their truck? No, no, that's fine. <laughs> uh, 
Later that evening, uh, Graham and Clive see headlights racing up behind them, and they uh, believe it to be the Hunters. So they uh, end up speeding off from the black box, which I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I'll have to research that. Maybe that can be a good uh, conspiracy theory one day. Well, eventually the vehicle catches up, and they realize, you know, it's just a a car. It kind of looks like a Fed car. However, the car just fucking suddenly wrecks right up in front of them and ends up rolling off the highway. Well, escalated quickly. (laughs) (laughs) When Graham and Clive investigate the crash, they meet and discover an alien named Paul, who is in desperate need of their help. How how are you speaking to us? I'm speaking perfect English, dumbass. Um, yeah, basically, uh, fucking, uh, I forget, Graham is, uh, fucking, uh, Nick Frost, right? No, that's Nick Frost is Clive, Simon Pegg is Graham. I fucking confused them so many times throughout this movie, (laughs) I couldn't fucking tell what their names were, it it, it pissed me off. (laughs) Well... Fucking uh, Clive, he ends up passing out, and he ends up pissing his fucking pants after <laughs> he sees Paul. Him? I didn't do that. You think I set my stunner to faint? You have a stunner? <laughs> <laughs> well, although shocked by the appearance of Paul, Graham agrees uh, to give Paul a ride. But, uh, you know, Clive, he's not happy about this idea. Later, we meet Lorenzo Zoyle, a.k.a. Jason Bateman, a shady government agent. He uh, he ends up arriving at the site of the crash and informs his mysterious female superior over the radio that he is closing in on Paul. And, and you know, second time I've seen this movie, and I can't believe, you know, of course, you know, know what I know now. I just, like, how did I not see this person being... Who we know it is now. Yeah, I didn't even think about it beforehand. I was just like, oh yeah. Demanding voice. Maybe it's Adrian Barbell. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. You know, she uh, recommends using local law enforcement as backup. But, uh, you know, Zoyle, he says, no, I think we should, you know, just keep this low. So he ends up recruiting two inept FBI agents. Haggard and O'Reilly to aid in his mission without telling them the nature of their target. So Graham, Clive, and Paul pull into a motor park run by Ruth Bugs, a creationist Christian, and her abusive and controlling father, Moses. Well, the trio, they uh, end up bonding around their uh, their camp grill thing, and uh, Paul reveals that uh, ever since he was captured by the government, uh, he had been advising them in all matters of scientific and sociological achievements, including giving Steven Spielberg the idea for E.T. and inventing <laughs> the character of Fox Mulder. <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, I just find this interesting when I think about it. It's like, you know, you know, the idea we have about aliens, like how they appear, you know, showed up after, you know, uh, the 1940s, after the Roswell crash. So it just makes you kind of wonder about that. I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I obviously wasn't alive around the time or even before the Roswell crash. I have no idea what people thought of 
as aliens back then. Who knows? Well, however, he discovered that he had outlived his usefulness and uh, as, you know, a receptacle of knowledge. And the government was now intending to surgically remove Paul's brain in an attempt to harness his abilities. With help from a uh, friend inside Area 51, Paul sent an SOS to his home planet and his people are now en route to pick him up. The, uh, the government ended up uh, pushing up the schedule for Paul's surgery, however, prompting his rapid escape. So, the next morning, Paul inadvertently uh, reveals himself to Ruth after they, <laughs> they get into a, an <laughs> argument about God and, you know, evolution. <laughs> How do you explain me? <laughs> <laughs> if all people are made in his image, how do you explain me? <laughs> Who is it? It's Ruth. Oh, d- don't you dare open that door. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Uh, may I come in? Yeah. No. Come on in. No, I didn't. I think you should come in. It's I'm not sure. really dressed. Come. Oh, was everything okay? Yes, it was. It yes. was very nice. Thank very you. nice. Sort of the best, I think. Adequate yeah. ever. Uh, so where's the other one? The other one? Oh, 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 it's okay. We don't charge by the person. There were three shadows I saw dancing around the RV last night, right? The other one. The other one. I'm in the can. I ate a a closed pistachio. I'm paying for it. (laughs) That's a nice T-shirt. Oh, thanks. I got it at my church. It's Jesus shooting Charles Darwin. Why would Jesus want to shoot Charles Darwin? Because of his blasphemous theories. Are you men of God? We're men of science. You know, we believe in the establishment of a biological order through the the maelstrom of physical and chemical chaos. God created the Earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. Really? Or it could be God. You don't know, do you? It's up in the air. The world is 4,000 years old and can only be the product of intelligent design. Oh, that's horseshit! Um, all right, well then, uh, please explain how something as complex as the human eye simply just comes into being. Oh, don't give me that old irreducible complexity crap, thank you. Something as intricate as that does not just occur without the intervention of a guiding hand. It didn't just occur, it is the culmination of billions of years of development across countless fucking species. What are you talking about? Evolution, baby. Oh, blasphemy. Oh. Yeah. Nothing that you can say or do can shake my belief or faith in the short and certain knowledge that God made heaven and earth and created us all in his own image. Oh, his own image? Well, I got a question. How do you explain me? She's going, she's fine. Catch me. And that's Jenga. Well, the trio, they're kind of forced to kidnap her and make a hasty escape. Paul then uh, shatters Ruth's faith by sharing his knowledge of the universe via telepathic link. At first, horrified, Ruth suddenly becomes eager to sin, which her father had raised her to fear doing. (laughs) And she discovers swearing. (laughs) (laughs) She she initially doesn't trust Paul, but he heals her eye, and uh, she has been blind in uh, the left one since the age of four. Well, meanwhile, Zoyle, Haggard, and O'Reilly talk to Ruth's father, who claims she was abducted by a demon. 
Haggard uh, finds a drawing of Paul that uh, Graham did. <laughs> it's Paul with a middle finger up that says, fuck you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. I have found out a, a quote from Ruth where she discovers wearing. I just got to repeat it right here. Fuck a Ruth. That was the best titty farting sleep I've ever had. <laughs> and then Paul's like, I got a feeling you're new to this, right? Uh, it's fun, but you got to pick your moments. Hey, maybe you should stop from food. Anybody hungry? You bet your fat cock I am. <laughs> hey there, sleepy face. Fuck a Ruth. That was the best titty farting sleep I have ever had. Uh, I got a feeling that you're new to cursing, Ruth. Look, cursing's fun. You just gotta pick your moments, okay? Hey, maybe we should stop for some food. Is anybody hungry? Fuck yeah! Ruth? You bet your big fat cock I am. Nice! I'm starving. What's new, fat hay? It's not fat, Paul. It's power. Fat power. So rude. You're rude. Maybe I should call my dad. What? What? Why? I've been gone for a whole day, and if he calls the police, they're going to be looking for us. If I don't, there's a good chance we could all end up in shit-butt city. You're really getting the hang of this. Thanks, Dick Milk. Uh. <laughs> well, Haggard, he becomes suspicious of Zoyle's motives, especially after he accidentally overhears Zoyle reporting to his mysterious supervisor over the radio. When Graham, Clive, and Ruth encounter the same pair of hunters from earlier... They are saved by Paul, who kicks open the door and tells the hunters, it's probing time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I forget to mention that uh, my opening quote was from Paul the first time uh, Graham was talking to him. He's like, are you going to probe us? Why does everybody think I'm going to do that? (laughs) Uh, Haggard later has uh, his suspicions confirmed by showing the hunters Graham's drawing, which elicits a fearful response. (laughs) (laughs) While stopping in a small town, O'Reilly accidentally encounters Paul in a comic book shop, prompting the foursome to flee. (laughs) The best possible way to... He's dressed up as a cowboy trying to pretend to be a statue. (laughs) (laughs) They were talking about alien balls. So he has to go. Space balls. (laughs) Feels them. It's like, get your hands off my goddamn balls. (laughs) Uh, Well, (laughs) fucking, uh, that's so funny. Uh, I like when, um, Fucking uh, Haggard goes in and he sees fucking Clive with the alien hat on, <laughs> the mask on. He's just like, huh? He's just all, all confused and everything. It's just, it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, dumb scenes. Well, uh, when Haggard and O'Reilly tell Zoya what they saw, he pulls a gun on them, orders them to return to headquarters before going after the RV on his own. Contrary to his orders, however, the two FBI agents follow Zoyle in the same direction. Well, eventually Paul reveals his intention to return to the girl. What the hell was that? Well, what? Did you just get, like, abducted or something? Like, what the hell was that gush of wind? Hey, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. I'm just in here listening to you. I mean, I've got my air conditioning on. Maybe that's what you heard, but other than that, I I get. It was just you. like a fucking 
burst of wind just came in and sucked you up. <laughs> it was like the weirdest fucking thing. I really hope that got picked up because that was weird. Yeah, well, I didn't hear it then. You know, the recording is on my end, so you're going to sound insane <laughs> to everybody now, Scott. <laughs> That's okay. I never claimed to be sane. <laughs> Eventually, uh, Paul reveals his intention to return to the girl whose dog uh, he crashed his ship on in 1947, and who subsequently saved his life, who is now an old woman, Tara Walton. Uh, after spending her life being uh, ridiculed for what she said she saw, Tara seems grateful to see that Paul simply exists. She turns her gas cooker on to make tea, but is interrupted by Haggard and O'Reilly on one side of the house and Zoyle on the other. As the uh, the motley crew escapes and drives off with Paul, O'Reilly ends up shooting at them, and the gas ignites, destroying the house. At him. <laughs> a, yeah. A winded uh, Zoyle tries to follow, but Haggard takes off first, running uh, Moses off the road, who'd uh, also been tracking the RV, I should mention. Well... He uh, he ends up catching up to the RV, however, thanks to an error of judgment, Haggard accidentally dries off of a cliff and is killed. <laughs> He's going to be fine, right? Oh, yeah, he is. Kaboom! <laughs> should I should mention that uh, the father, Moses, is oh, yeah. like... They're on the road together, him and Haggard, and, you know, he's he's telling Haggard, I'm on a mission from God! Well, tell him you failed. <laughs> tell him you failed, and he shoots him in the fucking head. Well, you don't think he shot him in the head. I mean, obviously, he's still alive. Well, that... cut that out. <laughs> it's supposed to be a big reveal later, man. <laughs> okay. Basically, this leaves uh, only Zoya left in hot pursuit. He reassures his superior that he'll have Paul within an hour, but she declares herself tired of waiting and informs Zoyle that she's ordered a military response prompting Zoyle to shoot his radio. Boring conversation anyway. Well, when Paul, Graham, Clive, Ruth, and Tara arrive at the rendezvous, they set up a signal and wait. They ended up stealing some fireworks and begin lighting them off. Uh, fucking eventually... Eerie orange lights show up over the surrounding trees, and everyone believes that it's Paul's race. However, in a, it's a, an army helicopter with the big guy, which we find out is Sigourney Weaver on board. Yes. Well, uh... Of course, it can't get, it's an alien movie, so gotta get uh, uh, Sigourney in there. <laughs> well, as soon as uh, she and three troops uh, move to shoot Paul, Zoyle arrives with a fucking AR in his hand, and he starts, uh, you know, shooting these guys, and it's revealed that Zoyle is, in fact, the one that helped Paul escape, and he is the inside contact. Well, Zoyle disarms the men, but uh, is shot in the shoulder by the big man. Tara ends up uh, punching uh, Sigourney out and knocks her out, I guess. Well... Of course, you gotta say what she said before knocking her out. Get away from her, you bitch! (laughs) (laughs) Nice little callback right there. (laughs) Well, uh, miraculously, back from the dead, Moses appears with a shotgun and shoots Graham in the chest with a shotgun after he moves everybody out of the way. Well, you know, he ends up dying. 
there on the ground. Everybody's sad. So Paul, he claps his hands together and starts rubbing them. He's like, I've got to try. And he ends up fucking reviving Graham. And it basically sends him flying backwards with a huge hole in his chest. Yeah, how, uh, did you forget to mention the part where he uh, did this with a bird? Yes, I did. Earlier in the movie, he uh, revives a bird that was hit by the the RV, and then he ends up fucking eating it. <laughs> I wasn't going to eat a dead bird. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Paul, he ends up, you know, collapsing. It looks like he's dead, but, you know, he ends up taking a breath, and he's alive. So, you know, the uh, all the characters, you know, stand around, and, you know, they, they just look. Paul props himself up, you know, having healed himself. Uh, the big guy regains consciousness, but is immediately crushed by the arriving alien ship. <laughs> Quite the death. <laughs> From out of nowhere. Paul, he finally starts saying his goodbyes to everybody. And, you know, he's, there's all these different fucking aliens all over the place. And, <laughs> you know, it's funny. They, they're, like, you know, helping out, like, the, the soldiers and everything. <laughs> you know, everybody's just like, all right, yeah, this is this totally normal thing. Uh, you know, Paul, he begins to depart. And then he turns around and, you know, he, he hadn't said anything to Tara. So she looks at him kind of confused. And he's like... You know, oh, you're coming with me. And she, you know, she's kind of shocked because, you know, he kind of screwed up her life. So, you know, you know, he ends up informing her that uh, she's going to, you know, have a live a better life with him. Yeah, I mean, it makes all, sense. I mean, considering her house just blew up. Well, they <laughs> all bid farewell, hoping to meet again one day. Yeah. Oh, I need to get my toothbrush. Hey, where we're going, you won't need teeth. Am I just perverted, or was he implying something there? I, um, maybe you're perverted. I don't. I don't know. Well, I mean, I I know I'm perverted, but <laughs> <laughs> there's no question about it. <laughs> well, it's two years later. Graham, Clive, and Ruth are uh, shown again at a comic convention, prompting their new mega successful comic book, Paul. Apparently, it says here on IMDb, O'Reilly is also shown to have survived the house explosion. Yeah, I I, I saw that watching a movie last night. It was just like, oh, who's that weird, fucked up, scarred guy? Wait, is that, could that be O'Reilly right there? <laughs> Where exactly was it? Because I didn't see it. Uh, yeah, it was just a quick glimpse. Like you, I said, there's a weird, like, scarred up looking, burnt guy. And the audience uh, clapping, cheering for them. Yeah, you just have to go back and watch it, I think. Okay, so. Interesting. And, uh, well, we roll credits. So, Jake, what'd you think? Well, let's see. We got uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost together. And then you just throw in Seth Rogen as a fucking alien. And then you throw in... A bunch of other guys like Hater and Bateman and Wig. And yeah, that's a good comedy team right there. And it definitely works for this movie right here. I mean, it's it's a fun concept. And you have these guys behind it creating a bunch of good, funny scenes. And honestly, I'm surprised this is only the second time I've watched this flick. I'm like, why don't I go back and revisit this 
too often. I might start having to. Yeah, fuck it. I'll go best with this one. I mean, you know, when I found the IMDb, apparently I rated this movie a, a nine. I was like, wow, did I really rate it that high? Yeah, hey, I guess so. All right, well, uh, this is not the first time I've watched it. This is not the second time I've watched it. <laughs> I've, uh, you know, this movie's on TV all the time. And, you know, typically if I'm not doing anything, it's, I'll throw it on. Uh, you know, it's it's a fun, you know, movie you can throw on anytime and just have fun with, you know, it, it doesn't matter if, like, you don't like alien movies or anything. This this movie is, you know, a, a fun time, you know, no matter what it is. So, you know, screw it. I think I'll give it a best as well. I mean, you, you know, it's just, it's got all the things you could want from this type of movie. Right. All right. I think uh, you know, that's it for me. All right. Yuki Doki is my turn. Yeah. Because we also did watch The Watch. Did you watch The Watch, Scott? <laughs> I watched <laughs> The Watch. <laughs> did your watch watch The Watch? <laughs> I don't have a watch. So he How couldn't watch could... The Watch. How much could a watch watch the watch? All right, Jack. The watch could watch the watch. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> that, yeah, watch. that's what I said. I was something my mind came up with earlier. <laughs> okay, yeah, song trailer and the watch.
Every day, I ask, what can I do for Glenview? That's why I founded the running club, the Spanish table at the community center. ¿Dónde está mi tanque de oxígeno? And the neighborhood watch. Kaboom! Let's loosen it up. After that short sort of breaking of the ice portion of I'm the I'm sorry evening, to be the squeaky wheel, but wouldn't it be more fun to actually break ice into little cubes and then pour some scotch over them? A few years ago, I wanted to become a member of the Glenview Police Department. You're a homicidal maniac. <laughs> Wasn't feeling the vibe. I have this one scenario in my mind. Sexy Asian housewife alone at night. Best call the neighborhood watch. And then she sucks my... Okay, well... <laughs> I'm also interested in that happening to me. You ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, but baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. So I took what I could get. Yeah, I took what I could get. This is your gonna be with your brother. Let's go see what this is. What is it? Hey guys, I found something. Invasion happening. Honey, just let the police handle it. Any one of these people could be an alien. Ah. Welcome to the candy shop. Franklin, what are you doing? Who are these people? Damn it, Mom, stay out of my room! I'm sorry, Mima. I was trying to impress my friends. I was trying to be a big man. I love you. Shh. Go kill me some aliens, baby. Okay, who are you? Oh, stay with me, buddy! His heart is out of his body, fella. I, I don't think he's gonna make it. Whoa. Nobody touches this ball until we figure out what it is. Oh, jeez! Terrible for the cow, but this thing's awesome. Die! Die! Damn, these things are hard to kill. Now we are back with the watch because we did watch that. Okay, I won't get back into that. <laughs> <laughs> July 27th, 2012. So, yeah, this movie just uh, recently had its uh, eighth birthday just a few weeks ago. Yeah, 5.7 on IMDb. So, yeah, <laughs> lower than Scott's movie. <laughs> uh, directed by Akiva Schaefer, one of the Lonely Island guys. I, I just found that out recently. Like, oh, yeah, of course. We got Ben Stiller. We got Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill, Richard Ayode. I, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah. Ayode. He's, like, he's a guy from that show, the IT crowd. And, you know, a bunch of other people. Of course, we got Will Forte in this movie. <laughs> and, well, I'll get into the other ones. As we go along, as always, we start us out with a little narration from Ben Stiller. You know, he's just talking about this town he lives in and how he gets so involved with just everything, starting up clubs like everywhere, including a running club. Not only that, but he's a manager at the local Costco. One day we just see him going up to Vince Vaughn, who's being shown by somebody the 3D TV is watching Alvin and the Chipmunks movie, and he's just like, yeah, it's just 3D movie as crap. I, I, I just, I, I just don't 
see this, and Ben Stiller comes up like, oh, you forgot to activate your glasses, and he activates him. He's like, whoa, holy shit, we need to get this shit. All right, I'm buying this. <laughs> yeah, this is 2012, and uh, 3D TVs were the big shit. Can't remember those days? Mm, yes. Yeah. yeah. I never it's kind of hard not to when you're a uh, late 90s kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, he meets up with the night security guard, Antonio, who's really happy because he just passed his U.S. citizenship test. Antonio! He leaves them to just guard the store, and we see Antonio just having fun screwing around at his Costco. It's like, you know what? If you were night security at a store like this, I think you would be doing the same thing, especially watching all those TVs. Man, that would be the shit right there. I would love to have this kind of job. You just sit there and you watch this shit. And, like, you you know, you watch Costco and, you know, do whatever the fuck you want. Until something like this happens. Well, shit starts getting weird at the store. Like, TV's turned off, he's walking around and steps in some green goo. Like, what the hell is that? Well, he sees something that freaks him the hell out and he runs away. And, uh... Well, next thing we see is that he's almost to the door, but there's like a big old explosion of blood on the door window. So, yeah, that's the end of Antonio right there. Evan, Ben Siller's character, goes to the Costco the next day. Well, there's cops everywhere, including one played by Will Forte, you know, asking him questions about what's going on. And he's just like, yeah, he just became a U.S. citizen yesterday. Will Forte's like, and did that piss you off? But, no. And why did you kill him? <laughs> ah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> of course, as we can see through the movie, like he has strong suspicions about Evan. Evan, he's obviously extremely upset about this. So he decides to make an announcement at the halftime of a high school football game that he is forming a neighborhood watch. And of course, only a few people in the audience seem interested that's Vince Vaughn as Bob and Jonah Hill as Franklin. And, of course, they appear to be the only ones showing up for this first meeting. And, of course, then we get another guy coming, a guy named Jamarcus. And so, you know, they're talking, introducing themselves. And <laughs> I like this part that uh, Vince Vaughn discovers, like, uh, oh, I forget the name of them. You know, the Russian dolls. You open it up and there's another one. He's like, holy shit. There's another one. I call them Matryoshka dolls, but they're called uh, Russian nesting egg dolls, I think. Uh, yeah, that's right. Though so they start introducing each other, and you know, we found out that Franklin, he wanted to be a cop, but you know, he that didn't get accepted. And of course, uh, Jamarcus, he seems to be the only like normal one with a normal speech and how he's a reason divorcee. But, uh, you know, he reveals, like, one thing he's hoping happened at the shop is, you know, he finds a Asian lady in distress, goes up to comfort her, and then she sucks his balls. <laughs> I want to thank you all for coming, and I thought we'd start out by just getting to know each other. All right, well, I'll start this off. My name is Bob, with a B. <laughs> okay, and, welcome, um, Bob. I uh, love the town. I love my wife, I love my daughter, and I love getting a chance to hang with the guys. So I'm really into what you're doing here. Once a week, away from the wife and kids, telling some dirty jokes, having some beers, if we're good. Great, thank you, Bob. Yep. What are you about? My name's Jamarcus, uh, recently very happily divorced and just looking to get more involved in the local community. Well, that was simple. 
Welcome, Jamarcus. Uh, also, um, I have this one scenario in my mind. Young, sexy, Asian housewife, alone at night, frightened. A noise out by the trash cans. Best call the neighborhood watch. I show up, look heroic, and then get this. She sucks. Okay. <laughs> Hear me now. I'm also interested in that happening to me. Bob announces that he doesn't think that, you know, Evan's place is exciting enough. So they go back to his place, you know, his little man cave, you know, filled with the kind of stuff you would find in a ideal man cave, uh, sports memorabilia. Of course, unfortunately, the sports memorabilia is the Cleveland Browns. It's like, really? <laughs> well, it is Ohio. Yeah. I guess uh, them poor suckers. <laughs> and while well, we first meet Bob's daughter, his teenage daughter, who, yeah, he's, they seem to have a lot of disagreements. When Evan's going home, he runs into his neighbor, Paul. Hey, another Paul. And uh, Paul's acting a little weird <laughs> towards him. You know, just talk about how he seems to be a nice man, has nice skin. I, f- I forget the actor's name, but uh, Paul's played by the guy who played Dr. Manhattan. In Watchmen, hmm, go from Watchmen to the Watch, hmm, hmm. Uh, moving on. <laughs> well, the next day they get their jackets, and Evans a little disappointed because you know Bob shows a different design than what he had intended. Like he wanted like a like just a little eye on it, but you know he went like above and beyond, like got like a tiger on it. <laughs> Here we go. Badass jackets for the watch. I went to the mall this morning and I had them made up. Get them while they're hot. Yes. Wham. Got your names Got on them. names on them. Yeah. Right. Wow, this is great. Yeah, what, what happened to my logo? Oh, this is this is just like your initial logo, only now it's awesome. This has nothing to do with my original logo. My logo was an eye that was watching over the neighborhood. I don't know what this is. This is what, a tiger with wings? And the other thing is your original one's here. Got the eye right so there on the I side. Think you've it's always really on the side. So that's weird because there's like an eye on the shoulder, but there's a tiger on your back. Weird how? Like the flaming flying tigers. It makes no sense. This is inspiring for the watch. Whenever you have a tiger, flames, and wings all in the same logo. It's like the Chinese symbol for shut the fuck up and dance. This is inspiring for the watch. I don't know. What are we in a doo-wop group? I would see this doo-wop group. Okay, for your information, doo-wop groups were known to close ass. Singing was their hobby. Closing ass was their job. The baritone from Boys to Men had to stop making music because he got so much pussy. Thank you. Yeah. They're like ass collectors. Can I just say, Bob, that these are the shits. Just the shit. These are just shit. Hello, now they have a stakeout. And the stakeout is just right outside the Costco. And it just seems to be pretty boring at first. Bob has to pee, like, really bad. Uh-huh. So he... Is a peen in like an empty uh, can. Well, then he opens up another can and like, no, you can't do that. It's like open container laws. I'm like, yeah, we're not driving. <laughs> they all end up having a beer and then the cops pull up and give them shit. End up giving them tickets for open container and a ticket for putting up uh, uh, posters all over without permission. Oh, yeah, and, you know, Franklin, you know, the one who wanted to be a copy is like, hey, you remember me, right? Like, uh, no, I'm not very good with faces. You're a cop and you're not good with faces. What the fuck? Oh, they get a call that there's a noise complaint at the football field. So they go over and they end up getting ambushed by these teens. 
and that's throwing eggs all over them. One of them almost getting away, but Evan, of course, being the guy who's head of the running club, ends up catching him and tackling him. So they drag him to the police station with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre playing in the background. And they bring him to Will Forte saying, yeah, arrest this guy. But once they all leave, the team's like, you're not going to arrest me, are you? Oh, hell no, those guys are weird. Uh, can you give me a right home? Fuck no, we're not a valet. No, <laughs> 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 so this team ends up leaving and he ends up getting attacked by alien, you know? It's just, seems to be weird shit following him and then they just see him just get attacked by a black math or something. The guys are celebrating, you know, having made their first big bust as a neighborhood watch. They end up hitting something. So they get out of the car and look, and it's just like some green goo on the grill. And it's like, he, he hit an octopus. Yeah, that's that's what he hit. Yeah. And they end up feeling it. It's like, oh, man, that feels like cum. Like green cum. <laughs> and, well, now they also discover that there's a, a little metallic orb right there. So while they're studying it, well, we get a cameo here from Arlie Emery. The drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, and of course one of my favorite roles from him in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. You know, comes out with a gun is like, get the hell off my yard! You mean like four nitwits standing around on my lawn in the middle of the night? That's kind of strange, don't you think? Okay. Hey, you know what, pal? If being overly aggressive and a little bit snippy was a crime, I'd be making a citizen's arrest right now. Why don't you just shut your cocksucker there, dickweed? You know what, we're taking time out of our busy schedules to help the neighborhood, so I think you could just... Excuse me. You, know, you don't have to... Got a phone call here. Hey, Bill. Bill. I got four members of the Babysitter's Club up here trying to solve watch. some kind of mystery before Betty by time. I'll call you back later. Right. Okay, we... It's okay, sir. We get it. We're... Thank you for... Sure. We'll just... You guys, I'm going to count to ten. Okay, you know what? Let's start again. You don't I, have, I'm going to count to ten. He wants to count. Okay. okay. One. Steal that cool ball. Two. Three. Nice to meet you. Fuck you, Curly. Four. Get in your goddamn soccer mom van and move on out. Neighborhood watch. What a fucking joke. <laughs> he is not a friendly guy in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he never really did play much friendly guys, honestly. I'm sure in real life he was a friendly guy, but he sure didn't play a lot of them. So they go to a little barn, they start studying the thing, and discover like there's finger holes in it. So they put it in there, and this thing ends up shooting the laser out at a cow, makes it explode. (laughs) (laughs) You see that cow's head, it fucking exploded. I mean, it sucks for the cow, but holy shit, that was fucking amazing. (laughs) And of course, they say, Man, we gotta be careful of this. We should not fuck around with it. And so what do they do? Uh, they fuck around with it. End up blowing up more shit. This poor farmer, when he discovers all this shit blowing up the next morning, I tell ya. The fuck happened to my tractor? Well, they start suspecting maybe the old man is like an alien and was a part of this, like... That's why he wanted him to get away. So <laughs> I start devising this plan as like getting uh, Franklin to dress up as a woman and like infiltrate him. <laughs> it's like, like worst case scenario, you get fucked up the ass. <laughs> <laughs> I just even like that. <laughs> even he's like going along with it all. He's like, what? <laughs> really well, <dumb."> yeah. <laughs> he's not like, oh fuck no. He's just like. Yeah, I guess that could happen, yeah. 
well, it's the next day, and you know, Bob's giving this to other more shit because he discovered a video on Facebook of her macking out with this guy named Jason, and he ends up shooting Evan a text saying that he's desperate, needs help, but it just turns out they're just having some beers. And it's at this point that uh, one thing I forget to mention is that Evan has a wife, and she keeps talking about wanting to get nasty, make some children, but Evan reveals right here that, you know, he's infertile, he's shooting blanks, and he's worried about revealing this shit to her. Well, around this point, he gets a call from an old man, and it's like, you got one of your guys on my roof, somebody's on my goddamn roof. So they go, and they start checking around. Next thing you know, it's just Evan and Jamarcus, and, well, they find the old man's cell phone ringing, but where is he? And at that point, they see an alien in the bush. Evan's trying to be friendly with this, like, you know, making some calming noises and even giving them some food. Uh, what was it he was given the alien? Uh, gum. Gum, yeah, that's right. And, you know, at first of all, it's looking like, you know, maybe he is getting through to this alien. We're about to have a little E.T. moment right here. It's like, hey, he wants to show us something. And what do they have to show him? It's the old man with his stomach ripped out. <laughs> and they're freaking out. The alien's coming up to Jamarcus, and they're just staring down. And Evan comes up with a little lawn gnome, ends up knocking the alien out, thinking he's killed it. Well, they go back to Bob's place, and they reveal the dead alien. And they were like, oh, shit, this is so amazing. Hey, we got to take pictures with this. And, well, they take pictures with not just regular pictures. They also got to take pictures of them doing fucked up to the alien's corpse. <laughs> you know, like pretending to hump it and shit. <laughs> and of course, it's revealed that the alien isn't really dead at all. <laughs> it starts attacking him. And, oh, I love this part when... <laughs> Franklin starts throwing pool balls at it, saying, The pool balls aren't working! You gotta hit him, Franklin! You know, the alien's attacking Franklin, and it's like, Oh, that's getting this green go all over me! <laughs> the alien escapes, but before it escapes and takes the little spear, he's just like, We're already here. You're already taken over. So, you know, they start to deduce that, well, of course, I forget to mention is that when these people are killed, they're found without their skin. So they're thinking that these aliens are taking people's skin and starting to live amongst everybody. So we get a little montage here with the doors. People are strange playing of everybody looking at all their neighbors, suspecting them of being aliens. <laughs> they're even looking at people at the Costco, just look around like, Oh, look at this one. It's a little kid eating ice cream. He's like, hasn't figured out how to eat ice cream. <laughs> well, Bob sees that Jason guy and buying some Magnums. And he's just like, no, you're not Magnum. Nobody's really that big. Well, yeah, they kind of are. Or else they wouldn't make him that size. And at this point, Paul, the weird neighbor, comes up and, you know, you know saying that he's got a little get-together later. And, and uh, he's even got a cart full of batteries like a shit ton of batteries it's like what could he be using those for so at this point evan starts suspecting that paul is one of these aliens they decide to do a little stakeout at his place well of course you know during this bob learns that there's a party his daughter is going to and he's just like no no i gotta get to this so he pretty much get franklin to come help out with him with it 
it's just Evan and Jamarcus left, and they go, and they're thinking they're hearing some screaming coming from this house. Like, what's going on here? Well, Paul catches them sneaking, so he invites them in, and it's just looking, like, extremely suspicious, even locking a door behind them. It's like, what the hell's going on? And, well, <laughs> we see what's going on. It's a fucking orgy. <laughs> <laughs> You know who's in that orgy? Yeah, it's the Lonely Island. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, fucking Andy Samberg. I was like, is that really him? Yep. Like, that is the weirdest fucking thing. I've, I've never noticed it before, but then again, I never really watched anything with him in it. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't know, but <laughs> that was a really funny thing to see. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, well, we discovered a mystery about the batteries because uh, <laughs> there's a shit ton of dildos or vibrators. And <laughs> everyone wants to leave, but Jamarcus decides to stay when uh, Asian lady comes up wanting to blow him. He's like, he found his dream. <laughs> she wants to suck on his balls. <laughs> well, we get to the party, and you know, Bob and Franklin, they're staking it out a little bit, and you know, we see Jason macking on his daughter, and he's getting really pissed off and so well bob's going to search for franklin's like hitting on these two really hot girls and it's just like hey uh be careful there man statutory laws brah uh jason and chelsea they're about to get on but she's obviously doesn't want to do anything jason's pissed off and at this point bob comes in and rescues her and he starts yelling at jason and well jason is kicking his ass just a little <laughs> And, uh, well, Franklin kind of uh, de-escalates it by pulling out a butterfly knife. He's like, you guys just calm the fuck down or I'll come and kill you. Except those two hot girls. <laughs> Give them my number. <laughs> well, they go back home and Evan meets up with Bob and they're arguing about how he just, like, left them. And he's like, man, if that had been real aliens right there, me'd be dead. So, well, was it aliens? Uh, no, but I'll explain that later. But, and, well, Franklin just accuses him of being, like, too controlling, why he doesn't have friends. That's why he's got to start all these clubs, just to get friends. And, yeah, it just seems to be, like, something that drifts these guys apart. Bob is fired from the watch, and he's like, I'll just start my own watch. <laughs> and, of course, now it's like, who's Franklin going to go with? He's <laughs> <laughs> fucking hilarious. Evan's acting like he's pretty much a dog. He's like, you're Franklin. Here, come here, boy. <laughs> it's, I think the hilarious thing is he, he acts kind of like a dog. He's like, he's looking back and forth. He's, he goes one way, and then he goes the other way. And then he's like, he shakes his head a little bit. He's like, uh... Yeah, he ends up uh, sticking with Bob. And, well... At this point, Evan decides he's going to run home where his wife, Abby, is talking to a friend of hers about why he doesn't want to have sex. He just runs in and just comes out and says it. I'm infertile. And the friend's like, uh, bye. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) go. And so he just comes clean about everything, about how he's worried about how it would affect a relationship. But she's cool about it and she says we will work things out about it and uh well just as things are getting cool between them jamarcus shows up and he says he has something to tell him he has to get all the watch together so they go to bob little man cave even abby comes along and once they're all there well jamarcus picks up a knife and cuts his hand 
and green goo comes out. Bob's like, yeah, that looks like, oh my god, that looks like cum! So, yeah, it revealed that Jamarcus is one of these aliens. And it said they've, uh, they've come, like, about six months earlier and are planning to, like, uh, use a transmitter to destroy the city. And, well, he's just revealing that, you know, he was with these evil aliens at first, but, you know, after experiencing human culture, he's kind of cool with it now. And especially after getting his balls sucked. <laughs> and he's telling them this because he's like, well, I figure, you know, I like you guys, so I'll give you the warning you could, you know, get far away from here as possible. And they end up kicking him out, and he realize, I gotta get to this transmitter, which is located beneath the Costco, of course. So they gotta get to this place, and... First stop is Franklin's place, where he lives with his mom, and he's got a shit ton of weapons under his bed. <laughs> and mom comes in freaking out, and she's like, what the hell? I'm like, God damn it, mom, stay out of my room! And after everybody leaves, he's like, I'm sorry, mom, I was just trying to look cool in front of my friends. So they're on their way, and they try to call Will Forte and his partner, Chucho. But, uh, of course, you're not believing that at first, of course, Franklin takes the phone. He's like, oh, my God, you were right. Evan is a Costco killer. Get here quick. Well, <laughs> 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 they get to the Costco, and they start hiding, and they see all these aliens just walking around. So they're about to attack, but, of course, Forte and Jute show, show up and <laughs> wanting to arrest Evan. But uh, one of these aliens appears right behind Jute show and rips his fucking heart out. They end up shooting the alien and, you know. Will Forte, he's, like, really upset at first. He's like, come on, live! It's like, um, he's just got his heart ripped out of his chest. I, I don't think there's any saving him right there. <laughs> I think just, he tries to put it back in. Come on, buddy! <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funny that it was intact as well as it was. Right. Well, of course, the alien's not quite dead. He ends up hurting Will Forte and... The guys end up shooting it like a hundred times. I mean, even after it is pretty much confirmed dead, they continue shooting at it. And Abby decides she's going to take care of him while the rest of the guys go find a transmitter. And well, when they get down there, they find Jason. And it turns out Jason's not really just a big old douchebag teen. He's also an alien himself. So... <laughs> Bob decides he's going to stay behind and fight him off while the guys find a transmitter. And, well, Jason's getting quite a, a good beatdown of him. And the aliens are coming up to them. <laughs> and it's looking all hopeless until, like, all these aliens' balls start exploding for some reason. Oh, it's... Uh, Why are their balls exploding? <laughs> <clears throat> Turns out Jamarcus came back and he tells them their weakness. It's in their balls. <laughs> yeah, of course it's a comedy movie why would it not be in their balls <laughs> and so they end up like telling Bob this through radio and while Jason has him like pinned down by his foot he reaches up his shorts and rips them off and of course after he's done killing him he says magnum my ass <laughs> so they take this little orb from the top of the transmitter and end up getting out of the Costco. Once they're out of there and the aliens are coming up, they decide to use a little orb to destroy the Costco. And of course, right before they do that, Evan's like, good night, sweet child of mine. And they use it and blow the place the fuck up. And even looking like at first, it's uh, killing them too, much to the horror of Abby. And 
I just love after it's all done exploding. It's like, oh no, your husband's dead, isn't he? Oh, it's not. Well, yeah, you're, you're a good woman. You'll find somebody else. Uh, no, but it turns out they survived. You know, they're all saying apologies to each other. And Franklin's like, hey, do I get apologies to you? What, what, what for? Okay, we're sorry. And he even tries to start macking on Abby for some reason. <laughs> it's like, no, no, Franklin, please stop that. <laughs> so now we get the epilogue finding out how everybody's doing well Franklin did end up joining the police force and is uh, Will Forte's partner now Evan and Abby ended up uh, adopting a daughter Bob is closer to Chelsea and you now she has a new boyfriend who seems to be intimidated by her by him it's like is it true that he ripped your old boyfriend's balls off <laughs> <laughs> hey, try to have her home by midnight. Oh, you was how? How about I return her by ten? <laughs> <laughs> and well, Jamarcus, he's continuing to participate in these little orgies, and even brings some Magnum condoms. Yep, they're still part of the watch, continuing to protect the city, and that's where we roll credits. All right, Scotch, what did you think of this movie? <laughs> This is another movie that I have seen a bunch of times. So, you know, I knew that he was an alien the entire time. Yeah. I just, I I forgot how he mentioned it. (laughs) But, you know, it's funny. It's like, you know, I haven't watched this movie in quite a long time. So it was like I was sitting there trying to think, okay, does he have the ability to shift back and forth between... Uh, you know, the human form and the alien form. Is he the one who does the killing? I I couldn't remember all that stuff, but you know, it was still fun. You know, um, definitely, definitely a good twist. Uh, you know, it was, it was definitely a good story. Um, you know, lots of good comedy action. You know, it's it's just another movie that you you know you can't really go wrong with. You know, you throw right. it on, and you just you have a good time. Fucking <laughs> Vince Vaughn's character in this movie definitely <laughs> steals the show. <laughs> oh my god, right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, screw it, I'm giving this a bus as well. This is a damn good movie. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to go quite with the best right here, but I will go with pretty good. I mean, yeah. And again, this is another situation where it's like, only a second time I've watched a movie. I mean, well, to be fair, there's a shit ton of movies out there, man. Uh, yeah, I still had a good time, and, you know, I, I remember he was an alien, too. I was just like, for some reason in my mind, I was like, no, he was part of a good race that was trying to help them fight these aliens. But, no, he's part of the original gang. But, yeah, he ends up joining the human side just because he likes getting his balls sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Just good chemistry between all four of these characters, man. And, you know, you got Will Forte coming up, <laughs> just being himself, too. Uh, and good cameos, too. Especially Arlie Ermy. Hey, man, that guy was always fucking entertaining to watch any movie he's in. Especially Full Mail Jacket. So, yeah, like I said, uh, not going to go best with this one. But, yeah, pretty good. Sounds good enough for me. <clears throat> all right. I think it is time to take a break.
Hey, we are back. So, next day, we're going from aliens to creeps. Not Night of the Creeps. We're talking about, like, a creep show. Yeah, no, we've already done Night of the Creeps. I, I know. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't think that one, too. I just pulled that one right out of my ass. But, yeah, like I just said, creep show is the subject for next time. Yeah, we got a little anthology horror for you all. I want to say probably the first time we've done anthology movies probably since uh, Trick or Treat and Tales of Halloween. I think so. And not only anthology, but anthology horror done by Stephen King and George Romero. Uh, that's a pretty good team up right there, if you ask me. Mm, yep. Yep, so Creep Show 1 and 2. <laughs> and just Creep Show 1 and 2. Yes, we know there is a Creep Show 3 out there, but people, have you seen that? <laughs> There is. It, yeah. Um, I, I, all you have to do is just look up reviews of it on YouTube. <laughs> They'll show you all you need to see of that movie. And it's just like, holy. I mean, I think it was just another anthology horror movie. So I just like, slap the creep show name onto it. And all I can say is, how dare they taint the name of creep show with that piece of trash? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, would I rather watch Creep Show three or The Grudge again? Mm. <laughs> These are the questions. <laughs> but yeah, either way, Creep Show one and two are the subject for next time. Should be a good time. Contact us at unholymofos at gmail dot com or I'm at Jake the Snake fifty four on Twitter. I'm at brother underscore scout one. Yeah, our uh, our feedback is kind of gone kaput. So, uh, you know, we need some feedback, people. Malthak, what the fuck? You still listening, brah? <laughs> well, yeah, brah. <laughs> He's like, hey, I appeared on a show. I could go without <laughs> more feedback for two years now. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Got nothing else. So, hey, until Creep Show 1 and 2, peace out. Later, fuckers.
Screamed, they'll never ever take us alive. 